There he is. Ringing now. Oh, Scott, hello. Is he here yet? He's trying to add. We're trying to add. There he is. Scott, hello. Here I am. All right. All right. Good. Thank, uh, I didn't mean to drag you in for the pool, but not, so you don't have to stay up late. It seems like maybe that's the... We'll knock it out right now. <laughs> I mean, it's Labor Day. I was indeed at the pool, but when Will calls and says we need to podcast, I'm there. Okay, let's get started. <clears throat> Saturday night in front of a record crowd of 75,000 for the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic, Georgia proved that the beginning of the Kirby Smart era would be one to remember. Many questions were answered. Nick Chubb is back to full strength with a strong 200-plus yard performance, including a 55-yarder that sealed the deal. Jacob Eason looks to be as good as advertised, and the defense stepped up when needed. Most notably, when in the third quarter, Roquan Smith forced UNC's running back Elijah Hood out of bounds in the end zone for a momentum-shifting safety. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast post-game episode of the UNC-Georgia game. My co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me for a quick rundown of what stood out to us as the Bulldogs defeated the Tar Heels 33-24. And before we get into the show, just a quick heads up. We recorded this episode via Skype, so there are times when you might hear a little bit of feedback or unintelligible words. We'll blame that on the internet connection at Tony's house. But with a little bit of post-production work and sound mixing, we were able to keep it to a minimum. Enough of me talking to you in the intro. Let's get into it. Here's Will. All right, guys, that was fun. <laughs> I have to say that was a very enjoyable time. Now, now, Tony and I obviously have lots to talk about. George's 33-24 win over the North Carolina Tar Heels in Kirby Smart's first game. But we have to cede the floor first to you, Scott, because you are the only one of the three of us that was there. So how was it? It was amazing. It was about 80-20 Georgia. And you would look around the stadium and you saw where the North Carolina section was, obviously behind their bench. But either they didn't sell their full allotment or Georgia uh, did some unique way of handing out tickets. But there was like a big line. If the side of their stadium was a flag, it would have been Carolina blue, then Georgia, and then another uh, stripe of Carolina blue. So uh, I I definitely think it was 80-20. It was loud. And the loudest part of the game, as you can probably guess, was when Larry Fedora got his 15-yard technical foul, if you want to call it that way. It was almost like he'd been teed up. The place went nuts, and you could almost sense that something great was about to happen. And then Roquan Smith helped basically get Elijah Hood in the end zone. I don't know why they were throwing a screen pass in the end zone, but I think every single pundit has analyzed that and thought the same way. But it was phenomenal. The only disappointment for me personally, was we were under a little bit of an overhang and my two boys were unable to grab one of those Chick-fil-A cows that were dropped (laughs) from the rafters. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry about that, but hopefully yeah, the rest that, of it. Uh, uh, that that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. An eight year old. I get it. I get it. There you go. <laughs> so I wanted to. I have lots, obviously, to talk about, uh, but I really feel like the two major takeaways from this. One, I mean, the two things we wanted to learn. We wanted to learn a with three things. One, is Nick Chubb healthy? I think that answer has been rather question has been rather definitively answered. Uh, question number two: What what's Kirby going to be like? And number three, what's the quarterback situation going to be like? Three is still a little bit muddled. I have to say there were several times in this game where you could tell 
this was Kirby's first game of the coach as a coach. I mean that not as necessarily a criticism as much as the guy's obviously a smart guy. He obviously knows what he's doing. But there were, I think, clearly the time where he was he tried to call them off sides on a, on on the punt and then ended up calling a timeout rather than taking the five yards. That could have come back and haunted them. And I think you saw him gripping the reins a little tight. But Scott, I feel like I want to go back to your point there about the fedora mistake because that to me that. Because uh, I was nervous, I was I was saying I was watching the game with my wife and my son at our cabin on Raven, in the Raven Gap, and I was saying I I've been talking about how like I, I it felt like Kirby was holding the reins a little tight and making some kind of shaky calls, but then when Fedora made that mistake and that was a massive mistake. First off, I think he was right to be upset. I think that was a bad oh, yeah. call against North Carolina, but you absolutely cannot let that happen. You cannot get a 15 yards in that situation. I think literally the next play is the safety. And I thought, you know, I may have some, uh, this Kirby may be kind of feeling his way through here a little bit, but that is, he is in control in a way that Fedora wasn't. And I really feel like that made a pretty big difference. It, it turned the whole game around. Once that once Fedora uh, made that mistake and got the 15 yards, you you almost sensed the whole crowd. Uh, you could see it on television. The crowd was like, Oh, here we come. And then immediately they did. Uh, Tony, what did you think of, of Kirby's first game, that mistake in particular? And then we can get into the quarterback situation. I, I, it just was hard to figure why you send out Lambert when you had Eason out there the entire time. Um, so, you know, maybe they were trying to get something. Yeah, you know, I, I think I tweeted something online. So why not send out, send out Bryce? Let him drop back and quick kick it. I mean, he was actually in a place where a quick kick made some sense anyway uh, on the field. I mean, we're at, mid, we're at midfield. Um, but, you know, I think when you when the bigger takeaways is I think Kirby showed himself to the, all the people who thought that he was, you know, Muschamp 2.0 because he was another defensive coordinator for, for Nick Saban it, to completely not be the case. Even when, um, when, when the dogs went down there in the third quarter, he was calling guys over and he was patting them on the back and saying, hey, look, we're going to get them. This team easily could have folded up under under the pressure of that, and I mean, frankly, we outscored them. We outscored the rest of the way going away, and it wasn't even kind of wasn't close, other than that little last drive they put together. Um, that you know, we I, I don't know. It, I, I think it was it was a neat juxtaposition watching how Fedora handled himself when he's what a nine year head coach yeah. versus Kirby because Kirby had they we had similar calls that went against Georgia that were just. Really close, and I don't disagree. I mean, he had a point, but you cannot, under under any circumstance, can you get enough far enough on the field to make the officials decide to throw a penalty on you there, especially when you're already inside your own twenty. And if Kirby would have made that mistake, <laughs> it would have been like a nightmare. Like we would all be losing our minds for that to be his first game. Just, uh, just a boneheaded play. Well, then you followed up with a screen pass from your yeah. own end zone. It's yeah. just, I, I don't, it that that part's inconceivable. Yeah, it was. It was a big, huge honking mistake, uh, to say the least. And I and it really it did. It, it turned around. But also, frankly, another thing that turned around, and this probably should be our next conversation. The office looks so much better with Eason in there. And that's not listen, you guys know what I feel about Lambert. But I didn't feel like Lambert was bad to any stretch no, of the imagination this game. I didn't think he was bad. He made some good throws. He's he can he can he's got so, that kind of pinpoint accuracy at that like seven to to nine yard run. He's, he had some very nice passes there, but you just see how much it makes a difference for what Eason can do, even when he doesn't complete a pass. Like that, there was one drive where it was nothing but pass interferences, and for him to be able to do that passes that Lambert just clearly can't get that ball downfield. But really, the play as exciting, and we'll get to the the play that officially clinched the game. 
But the play that took my breath away and the play that made, made me like, oh, we might be something onto something very serious right now play was that pass that he threw to, I believe it was Isaiah McKenzie, right? It was uh, that, yes. th- that first down. That was a pass. Even the broadcaster uh, immediately said, yeah, Lambert's not making that pass. It was a beautiful pass. It is exactly something that, frankly, we have not had in Georgia for a while. I'm not sure we had with Aaron Murray. To, for him to be able to throw a pass like that opens up the whole possibilities for guys like Chubb. And to me, that uh, nothing against Lambert, who, I, who played, I thought, perfectly fine. But you see what this offense is when Eason is a quarterback. Uh, and sure, we didn't see any mistakes, and they didn't make, make him do too much. And there were times he may have pushed it down more than he had to when he could have checked down. But man, that offense, it just everything's different with Eason's in there. That was the longest pass play Georgia's completed in, I think, three years. I think I heard that from Chip or Seth or somebody. But, uh, you know, you sit back and think 51 yards used to in the past, you know, even with Murray or David Green, you'd have at least one or two of those at least attempted a game. And the fact that it hadn't been there in three years, that's just something nice to see with the offense when um, Eason is in there. Yeah, and I was about to say that it was a perfectly – you do have a good idea of what you have with Eason. Eason never – he immediately recognized the coverage McKenzie had against him. He immediately recognized that if he could look off the safety, even for getting to lean inside, that ball was going to be there. And it was just perfectly placed. I mean, Isaiah didn't even slow down hardly, which was just – Really, a really nicely thrown ball. But getting to the bigger picture, Eason looked a little more comfortable in the pocket than Lambert did, which doesn't surprise you. But uh, the other part about it is we ran some pistol with Eason that I haven't seen us run with Lambert. I haven't seen us run it since we had Murray. That that shifts some of the dynamic. The other part about it is you know, I think our offensive line is still a work in progress. The left side at times had some um, – yeah, there, there one time Eason got got sacked on the one where he had to kick a field goal, uh, and that was purely just an utter whiff by Catalina. Um, and it looks like Catalina's a little slow off the ball, and it's probably speed of the game issues coming from Rhode Island. But there were times, especially on, on the on the run blocking, wow, their offensive line looked good. And actually, going back to to Will, going back to the coaching, and it, this seemed like almost the perfect game in that we won. We won by coming from coming from behind. We look good for stretches, but there's a lot of things you can you can look at that you don't really nitpick and say this has to improve. You know, one thing I really liked was the multiple formations. I mean, you had three tights, you had uh, trips, you had like you said maybe the pistol, the multiple formations, and the fact that both of the quarterbacks and the offensive coordinator and probably a little bit of Kirby having a hand in it. The fact that they could get all those packaged in, being able to shuffle the quarterbacks out, that's that's something to be excited about because then teams preparing for Georgia, they're really not going to know what to do to prepare for which formation. And then with throwing in Nick Chubb, Brian Herrian, Sony Michelle when he gets back, I mean, that's just something that you want to, you probably see Jim Chaney rubbing his hands together, just smiling. And uh, it just didn't look like my old Georgia offense that I was starting to get really disappointed with in years past. So it was very exciting. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was a blast of a game. It was a terrific game. Uh, it looked legitimately quite ominous there after that. The the and you know we talked about this in the preview podcast. One of the things we were concerned about was again rookie coach. Lots of rain during a lot of the practices. Special teams was going to be a worry, and it was a worry. Not only on the kickoff return, but even the kicker situation. You know, we joked about like, well, yeah, they'll just go for it on, on fourth down a little bit more often. Well, we think we saw some of the perils of that. Even the field goal that that uh, that Ham 
uh, did make um, did not uh, look pretty, to say the least. I think that's something they're going to have to work on. But to me, that you're right, uh, Tony. That this is the ideal game in that it was really exciting. They came back against a good team. Like, this is not a bad team to any stretch of the imagination. They come back, they win, they get everybody excited, and now they've got a week to be like, all right, now here's Nickel State uh, in Missouri, frankly, a team that, that we I, I, uh, I'm I starting to come be Team Duval on that now. Man, they looked really bad uh, against West Virginia. All of a sudden, a lot of that looks a lot more open these next couple of weeks where you can start to figure that stuff out. But, man, I have to say, uh, you walked out of that game yesterday. It's hard not to be pretty excited. Yeah, and the thing about it, um, you know, 400-something yards held a, one of the top 10 offenses right at 300. I mean, we were under 300 before they put together that kind of that last-minute drive. You know, defensively, we looked really, really good at places. I think we got bailed out by a couple of uh, offensive penalties a couple of times. Uh, you know, uh, the special teams are the one place where it's not hard to say that we absolutely have to prolong. Um, that's that's because of all the rain, all the rain, because that's what I think, Will, you pointed out in one of the podcasts that that's the one thing that will get chopped if you get uh, practices shortened with rain. So we'll just blame it on the summer rains. Well, you, yeah, you can, you can do that, but but it hasn't rained on William Hamm and and Rodrigo Blankenship on the kickoffs (laughs) and uh, kicks their entire careers. Um, How how about that one? How about that kickoff that they fielded that was going out of bounds and they ended up getting poor field position that would have been on the 40. Yeah, you know, I think they, again, they, I think they bailed us out there. Um, so, you know, but but going back to the bigger point is that I don't think you could go back and look at this game and see a place where you can be disappointed in what happened, other than a couple of individual plays. Because I think we we, we stayed in the game. We didn't, other than the one the one crazy timeout. I, I don't think we made any boneheaded plays. I mean, I, I was just going to go back and look at penalties, but but you know, I mean, we get penalized, but you know. A, uh, four or five times, a couple of them were legit holds. A couple of them were, I think, you know, Catalina has to keep his his temper in check, and can't, you can't, you can't, hey, this is SEC, you can't punch somebody uh, or, or shove somebody like that. The second guy always gets caught. Uh, but you know, overall, it was a well played game. I I thought the offense graded out, you know, a a minus, B plus. Defense graded out about the same, but. Georgia won 33-24 against what I think is a pretty good North Carolina team. Uh, I thought their defense looked really good at times. Um, but I think once we got the upper hand and, and, cut, and, and put their offense back on their heels a little bit, I think they stagnated because they were they, – I think they got out of their game plan, which is you know what you game plan for if, as a defensive coordinator. All right. So in the last thing – I think Nick Chubb looks okay. <laughs> I think like it is is crazy to think that it's I mean it's been 11 months, 11 months since Tennessee first time we've seen him and he comes out and is able to do that and I have to say the yelp that I let out when he busted loose on what was the game clinching touchdown. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard me inside the dome, Scott, but I was pretty loud. You'll be able to see the the run from my perspective. I tweeted it out. I actually had the the video rolling um, as I typically do when he busted the long run, and then the excitement on my boy's face that you'll also see. Well, it, it warms my heart to see that because you can tell that they were so into it, and then the relief when they realized that Nick Chubb just basically broke the game open was a proud proud dad moment for me. Yeah, it was it was great, guys. But uh, well, now I feel like we can relax too, because like, listen, we were worried coming in. Uh, you didn't want the smart era to get started off with a loss, particularly with some of these games coming up. 
now we can relax. We can all go have a fun tailgate on Saturday, and we can uh, uh, and and have Missouri, who again looks uh, one of the many SEC teams to not exactly have the most stirring beginning. But Georgia was not one of those teams that that went badly. That was a blast. I really just it was just a truly entertaining game start to finish, and it got me very excited about the rest of the season. Can I update the Pick'em contest? Sure. So far? Yeah. We have one like, one game left. Remind everybody that. Yes, Mississippi-Florida State. Is that tonight? Go. That's tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so the leader so far with game one, I'm, I'm not real excited to say this name, but it's uh, Go Gators. <laughs> Z-02 is, uh, is the leader. Now, Will, you are in 65th place. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of points, uh, a couple of points in front of me. And then Tony... Uh, actually, Tony and Will are both in front of me. So, uh, so yeah, I'm bringing up the rear. That uh, that Notre Dame game, that, that LSU game knocked a lot of people out, and the Notre Dame game did too. So, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. That. But whatever. Georgia won, guys. So, listen, I will not be with you for the regular show this week. I'll let you guys figure that out. But I'm up for every post-game show like this one because and if we get to talk about games like yesterday, I'll talk forever. That was that, that, it was, that was just – you couldn't ask for a better start to not only the uh, Kirby Smart era but the Jacob Eason era. So pretty great, guys. I'm envious that you were there, Scott. You should be. All right. <laughs> go dogs. Guide, go dogs. Off to Nickel State or Nickel State off to us. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, make sure to enter our Pick'em contest. You can find it at funofficepools.com or via the link on Tony's Georgia Sports Blog. It's not Tony's Georgia Sports Blog. It's a sports blog that Tony runs called Georgia Sports Blog. (laughs) Anyway, the three of us did terrible this week. So I'm sure if you go ahead and enter, even if you missed week one, you can quickly outpace us for week two and then the rest of the season. If you had any questions for us, you can find our show on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Make sure to listen out for our preview show this coming Thursday. And I hope all of y'all had a great Labor Day. A great victory like the one we saw on Saturday surely makes it a whole lot better for all of us. And in a few days, we'll all be back in Sanford cheering on the dogs versus Nichols State. Yeah, I know. FCS opponent. But it's still going to be great. So I'm going to leave it at that. See you on campus this Saturday.